guys, welcome back to Seeing 2020. Before we get started, don't forget to follow or subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode and follow us on Instagram at seeing underscore 2020. We're so happy to have you here. Welcome back to Scene 2020. I'm Alex. I'm Nicolette. Uh, today we're doing our Q&A episode. I'm very excited. I'm so excited. So we put out on our Instagram at seeing underscore 2020, if you wanted to follow, um, a little Q&A. What are they called? Like the question bank things or whatever they are on our story. And a couple of you ended up replying. So we've picked some of the best questions and we're going to answer them today. And they're just questions about like... Um, I don't know, what do we have? We've got dating, meeting people, um, some life stuff, mistake stuff, I think. There's a lot going on. So, yeah, it's going to be good. Okay, I've got the questions here, so um, should we just fire away? Let's dive in, yeah. Okay, first question. You meet someone of the opposite sex. Do you see them as a potential friend or date first? so interesting that's so funny I would love I would love to say that I always see them as a friend first but that would be a lie yeah no 100% um but I think it depends a lot on like where I'm at internally at that point in time like obviously like if I'm in a relationship I see them as a friend like obviously Mm. but also even when I'm single, I feel like it depends a lot. Like, if I'm looking to date, if I'm, like, single and ready to mingle, <laughs> and I'm on I'm on the lookout every time I meet, like, any member of the opposite sex, I'm like, that's what I'm thinking about. Like, so oh, is there potential here? Interesting. 100%. 100%. But if I'm, like, not in that kind of frame of mind, I'll probably see them as a friend first, and then it would depend. I don't know. What about you? That's interesting that you went to the internal first. Okay. So like I went, okay. First when you said, oh, I don't always, I think that's just a given. There's no circumstance in which you're always going to have a certain reaction to something. I think, I think Mm. it varies on the context and obviously internally where you're at and the other person. Um, and like the situation, but Mm -hmm. for me, this is actually something I've picked up on. If someone else is in a relationship and I know it, it's like my brain instantly cancels them out and I do not see them as a potential partner at all. Like, it just doesn't happen. Um, so, I don't know if that's me being, like, never wanting to, like, have a disloyal situation happen, either for that person or for me. Like, mm-hmm. I just wouldn't want to interrupt a relationship or have someone interrupt mine. So I think it's yeah. a massive respect thing as well. Um, but yeah, I would say that that's a big one I've picked up on. But um, I think more for me, if I see someone as a potential date or like love interest first, it's rarer than seeing them as a friend first. Like I'll see people as yeah. friends more often. I'll be like, I, I think I want to suss out the person before I really give them that kind of um frame in my mind I guess yeah I feel like if I'm in that mindset though where I'm like like wanting to date wanting to find somebody like I'll be a bit like I reckon I reckon I'm pretty quick to be like is this person an option 
if mm. I meet them. Which and is probably always... pretty quick to be like, no, nope, yeah, not. <laughs> yeah. Which is always the disappointing part of it, where you're like, oh, yeah, nah, <laughs> problems not here. Yeah. yeah, I think it also depends whether you're looking at like you just said a potential partner. And I think a lot of the time, if you're in that like single mm. mindset, it's not necessarily looking for a partner. It's looking for like a, a hookup or a date or whatever. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. It also depends on what you're looking for, hundred percent. And I've always been the kind of yeah. person who's looked more for a partner than anything else I think yeah yeah Yeah. so interesting okay interesting question next one we're gonna let's stick with the dating ones for now and then we'll get to the nice oh I love this (laughs) um (laughs) dating during quarantine can it be done (laughs) um look the dating gurus on social media are still going wild with all their tips so I'm assuming it's happening uh, yeah, it is happening. Like, I feel like, um, yeah, p- people I follow on Instagram, I've seen, like, um, someone, uh, Nina Montaigne or something. She is amazing. I'm going to put her on our Instagram so you guys can follow her. She's really, really cool. But she did, like, a call out for people to send in their online dating experiences um, during quarantine. And it's really interesting. Like, a lot of people have had really, really good experiences, I think, because, um for people maybe with like social anxiety um they found it a little bit easier to turn up like on a screen than to turn up in person um people were saying that they found um sometimes like the expectation of like sex that comes with tinder dates or whatever um it's really nice to have that barrier taken away to just have a conversation with somebody which I think is really interesting Mm. um I mean and that's all just people that are using apps and but I think Bumble's advertising kind of like do a Skype date or whatever um but then I think like yeah I also know people that have like aside from online online dating like had um turns in their romantic lives in isolation so it's doing wonders for people apparently apparently so the next question that we got was what are you looking for in a partner but I think we changed that to what is important to us in relationships or to have in a yeah or in a partner yeah Yeah. um hmm. I feel like um (laughs) why is that question hard it's not hard for me here I'll start ready um someone who puts in effort yeah and jumping off that I think equality like feeling like there's equal effort on both sides Mm -hmm. and and I think that you get a lot of security from that. So, like, effort, equality, and security. Yeah. Um, support. Yep. Yep. Um, Being reliable is good, too. Yeah. Which, and that ties into security as well. It all ties together. Trust. Trust. Yeah. A bit of honesty, always good. Um, like, humour. Yeah, definitely. You need to be uplifting for each other, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Also, if you guys, um, not that I'm an expert by any means, but if you want some, um, I don't know, lessons on dating that I've gathered from my own experiences and mostly from my friends' experiences over the years, you can go and check out one of my articles that I wrote for Pulp last year, which is like the A to Z of dating experiences according to my friends' lives. (laughs) We'll share that on our Insta as well. Yeah. But, like, a lot of what we're saying is actually in that, which is, I think, reaffirming for me to be like, okay, I probably wrote the right thing. Mm, Mm. Yeah. So, 
Next question. What's something you are certain you'll never experience? By the way, love the podcast. That's cute. Sorry, is it something you're certain you'll mm. never experience? Okay. Um, I can't think of anything I'm certain I'll never experience. Yeah, only retrospectively. Like, I can say for certain I will never have, like a teen romance for instance like yeah because it's done yeah woo. um who needs them <laughs> but like i can like i can certainly say that i will never probably oh no i said never probably so that takes out the certainty but like i can certainly say that at 18 years old i will never have studied another degree you know what i mean like i can only say things retrospectively that yeah. i haven't done yeah um I feel like I will prob- probably mm. never have a threesome. Fair call, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I really don't see that happening. Foursome, though? You're fine with that? or <laughs> No. No. Look, just good old-fashioned two parties involved. Yeah, I, I back that one 100%. Um, okay, look, I don't think I will ever... Um, do like get another piercing I only have my ears pierced so I wouldn't do anything else um, definitely no drugs for me um, never have done there you that. go you do you've got you've got things what things that, you're, that you'll never do yeah definitely piercings tattoos drugs smoking yeah there's a lot actually see I can't say that I'll do all this <laughs> Yeah, no, I think, yeah, no, they're definitely hard limits. I would just be like, no, not, I'm not, I don't know. I think even though in the last year, especially, I've experienced a lot of different things um, and it's been very eye-opening in that, like, I've even seen my writing change about how I see life and, like, the things I can Mm. write about. I can say with absolute certainty that I couldn't have written some of the things that I've written or thought about things the way that I do now without having done those things but like even with that having been said and even with my mind having been stretched that far I don't think I would ever do these things they're just yeah, yeah. they're limits I would not depart from mm. Mm. interesting that was a good question okay what else do we have um but this one came in this morning actually I really liked it if you could have any living guest on the podcast who would it be and what topic would it be <gasps> Jacinda Ardern <gasps> okay okay um Angela and Catherine who are my friends recently got me her biography for my birthday and oh my god I'm so excited to read it oh that's cool I'm so excited yeah that's a good wait what are we going to talk about with her though um being a, a strong woman I'm good with that. I'll, take, I'll, I'll listen to that podcast. women things. Um, she's so cool. Maybe like how to lead a country effectively. That would be wonderful. Yeah. That's a good how how to. You know what I would love to talk to her about? Mm. Is like how obviously she's incredible and she's like, like, you know, in a really powerful position. She's obviously like a really strong leader, mm. but she still puts out this um like kindness like this warmth and she's got this like softness to the way that she 
interacts with people and I would love to hear her take on like how she does both of those things at once yeah her air of compassion is like no other leader I've ever seen yeah 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 and I feel like so many leaders feel like they have to give that up to like yeah feel like they have to give that up in order to be a leader Mm. and she's completely managed to not do that Yeah. yeah no she's like what is it um a true Machiavellian leader. She's got like the fox and um, the wolf both happening. Or like, was it the lion, fox and the lion? I don't know. It's from, so Machiavelli um, wrote, I think it's called The Prince. Yeah, it is. I've read it, but I don't remember that. <laughs> oh, there was like one metaphor in it where it, he says you have to be both fox and lion. Like you have to be brave, but also cunning. And you have to mm. like, you have to be a balanced leader and you can't be a lone wolf totally. Like mm. you have to have your own mind, but you also have to listen to the people in your cabinet or whatever like mm. she's just a very well balanced leader I think is what I'm trying to but say but I also I also think she's much more um genuine than a Machiavelli leader. oh 100% yes definitely okay I think actually if we could have another person on um I would I would want um ooh uh, i I think I would want like probably Gillian Flynn who, oh, yeah. who yeah wrote um Sharp Objects and Gone Girl and stuff and for those mm. that have watched the Gone Girl film she also um did the screenplay for that and she's just very um she was going to do what was it I think criminal journalism and then she's gone into crime fiction which is amazing so That's cool. I think it would be and she writes very interesting intricate female characters and plots and male characters as well actually it's just very um they're very sticky characters Mm. very human very interesting so i think it would be like i don't know talking she's obviously done a lot of reading about i don't know the the darker side of humanity Mm. i think it would be interesting to kind of i don't know crack her brain open a little bit for lack yeah. of a, um, a, I don't know, a softer metaphor. <laughs> yeah. mm. um, okay, next question. Oh, God. Um, this one also came in this morning. When was the last time you guys cried and why? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, do you want me to go first? You go first. All right, let me tell you, in isolation... Like I've actually, it's been, it's been a wild ride, um, of emotions. I've never been happier and I've never been sadder. I think I've, I've, I've turned into uh, everything is extreme. I think, um, Mm. for one reason or another. Um, but I can tell you that I definitely shed a tear or two this morning while I was on a call to someone and I was just telling them basically that they have to take care of themselves because if they don't, um, I'm like going to get really, I was already, I'm already worried and concerned about them because obviously I care about them a lot, but it was, it was just kind of this, like, I really, really care about you and I don't want you to, you know, get sick, losing sleep basically. Um, yeah. And please take care of yourself because I can't really, you know, be there for you physically like that. But yeah because yeah. of isolation obviously but yeah that's why I was that's why I cried um I cried yesterday I'm trying to remember oh. why 
I think they're very recent. <laughs> I can't remember why. Oh, yeah, but I cry all the time. So it's not it's not really that dramatic for me, but I, I feel like I should be able to, to remember why I was crying. I honestly think, though, at this time, like, I feel like very little mm. things are setting me off, and I think it is just the intensity of, of isolation and the way that the world is at the moment. Like, it's very stressful um, and... I'm kind of like I don't know I'm in one of those states at the moment where like I'm fine most of the time but if I drop a plate and break it I'm Mm. gonna cry for half an hour like that's I don't know so um yeah I don't know I think I I think I had a kind of sensitive conversation yesterday and it and it got me but probably something I wouldn't cry about in like ordinary circumstances oh wait what am I talking about I cry all the time anyway I'm just a crier, guys. You're, I you're just, a lot more in tune with your emotions it. than I have been. I think I'm really getting into that now, which is so much fun um, doing it in quarantine alone. Um, no, but I think I, I think there's definitely a fragility to this circumstance that we're not really accounting for mm. as well. And we're not. Um, I've read this really interesting thing about like isolation and like you know that like pyramid of needs in psychology and how like our base level of like safety and security is not being met at the moment like just because of the the world and so we we are all like our foundations are really unstable Mm. at the moment and scary and I think we all need to be quite like kind to ourselves based on that next question in your opinion, what is the best way to move on from mistakes? I often find I can accept something was foolish, but it doesn't stop it from popping into my head and bringing me down. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I think that the best way to accept a mistake is to like fully own it. So to not... Um, to not just be like, oh, yeah, that was a mistake, that was foolish, and trying to kind of turn away from it, but to really kind of embrace it as something that happened and something that you did and something that you are going to learn from. And in that way, you can kind of turn it into something positive that you don't have to, like, try and ignore and then when it pops in, it brings you down, but you can kind of, like, it doesn't have to bring you down anymore because you've you've looked it in the eye and you've, worked out what you're going to take I from agree it. agree with that. Also, there's yeah. that saying that bad mistakes make good stories, which obviously I are on the, the side of caution mm. more than the average person, I would say. Um, but mm. I think that of the few mistakes I've made, I think a lot of people wouldn't call them mistakes. So I think it's also your perspective that you might need to change. Um, mm. Like I... I remember this one experience that I had um, where I kind of looked back on it. I was like, at the time, did not regret it not happening. Didn't like think anything of it. Was like very happy with the decision that I'd made. And then I looked back and was like, damn, was that a missed opportunity? Um, And it's funny that with time and having had multiple other opportunities that are similar and better come along, it's been like, no, actually, you still made the right decision. And sometimes you just need time to kind of get that perspective um, and to mm. shift the dialogue that you have with said mistake. Um, 
but I agree that owning it and mm. taking its power away is the the most effective way of doing it. It's just that sometimes that takes a little longer for some people. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Be easy on yourself. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. And just remember that you're human as well. Yeah. Like, as you're gonna make mistakes. It's gonna happen. You're gonna make them again. Um. So. And beating yourself up about it yeah. doesn't actually And there's that help. saying as well that, like, the lesson will keep presenting yeah. itself until the lesson is learned, which I've mm, always, I like I've always that. liked that ever since I've heard it, which was only a couple of years ago, really. But it's it's good um, because it lets you realise that there's a pattern that's happening and you're not maybe acknowledging it or admitting it's happening or doing enough to get yourself out of the situation um and out of the pattern and the mm. cycle but once you do it's like amy young who is we always go on about amy young um but she has that thing of like uh once you do realize the lesson exists it's kind of like um like a coil um but it gets tighter the the more you like easily you can recognize it so if it takes one like whole resolution i guess for you to be like, oh, okay, this is the mistake the first time and you learn from it. The next time you, like, the next time that mistake comes around or that opportunity to make the mistake, you'll you'll be able to realise what's happening quicker and be like, oh, okay, I pick up on the signs. It's like if you're in, yeah. um, I don't know, a toxic friendship and they you know, go against a boundary at one point. You go, okay, I didn't like that. And it happens again with the same friend or another one. You're like, okay, don't like that. And you kind of almost preempt it. Like you can get to that point of like, I don't like that this is happening or you can like address it quicker. Um, so yeah, I think that mm. being self-aware is really important in that too. Yeah. I definitely didn't explain that as well as yeah. Amy Young, but I, I hope I did some kind of justice. <laughs> yeah. No, it's cool. Yeah. All right. Sure. Last question. What pushes you from wanting to do something or having a creative idea into actually seeing it through? Like, is it completely natural with no resistance? Or do you have those days where you're like, frick, I don't want to do the podcast. What do you think either answer means? For example, <laughs> is no resistance a sign? Mm. Hmm. Is, no resist- is having no resistance a sign yeah, that you should that do you, it? Or a sign that you shouldn't do it. Is that the question? Because you're not feeling it. Yeah. Like, is it a uh. sign at all? interesting um, I, I i mean we definitely have those days where we don't want to do creative things i don't know about the podcast it's good to have someone else to have that accountability um whether it's each other or our yeah. audience but yeah definitely with other things i have those days where i'm like i just i i want like i'll half want to do it and then push it away because i'm like no i don't have time which is really crap because I should reframe that as I'm not prioritizing that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it depends also on what the, like, yeah, like there are those days where, like there are days where you don't want to do anything. And then there are days when you don't want to do those things that you know are important to you, like that creative project you've been working on or whatever it is. And I think it depends on, on what, motivation you can find behind that resistance because sometimes it might just be that you're you're tired and you're stressed and maybe maybe you need the day off and I think that's fine um 
but I think often with creative projects especially it can be um like a kind of imposter Mm -hmm. syndrome type thing or feeling um like you're not qualified to do it or like um like I feel this with my songwriting sometimes I'm just like oh I'm not that good at it anyway like it's not you know so what why am I going to do it and by the way um, I think if that's the resistance (laughs) I think thank you I feel like if that's the resistance you need to like you you need Mm. to fight it um yeah yeah and that's where having having other people to kind of help you do that like with the podcast having the two of us I think is really helpful I think having those few people or one person in your life that you can go to about the creative endeavor that you have um either for encouragement or just for bouncing ideas off of is always good because then you can kind of get back into the rhythm of like oh I remember why I love this and you because when you when you talk about something that you're passionate about you get a glow about you and the other person can see it and you can feel it and it's not like you're, it's not like watching, you know, a five-minute motivational video on YouTube where you get a hit of adrenaline and motivation, like, oh, my God, I'm going to do it, and then half an hour later or an hour later, you're sitting there scrolling through YouTube still, you know? Like, having somebody mm. else to um, remind you of why you love the thing you love, even if it's you, if, like, I know I yeah. <laughs> record myself all the time because I've found that that's a really good way of looking back at growth and... Um, I don't know, mm. like m- remembering things because so often things are said and things are forgotten. Mm. Um, so I think having either yourself, whether it's a voice recording or video recording or someone that you really trust with your creative pursuits, remind you of why you love it. That's a good yeah. force of motivation back into the game. Um, but what pushes you Definitely. from wanting to do something to actually having the creative idea and seeing it through? That was the first part of the question. Um, I would recommend for this one, um, go, go back and check out our podcast episode from season one. What's it called? The one we talked about imposter syndrome and like creative endeavors and all of that. Uh, yes, I know the one. We had two shots on that episode yeah um we'll we'll let you guys know what the episode is um yeah but I feel like listening to that episode would maybe be quite helpful for this because we all talked about like those creative things that we wanted to do and getting over that imposter syndrome to 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 actually doing um, it it's episode eight Um, failure and fronting and it's actually one of our most listened to episodes yeah um so check that out also like I mean with the podcast it was having a friend who was like kind of you know we backed each other to do this um but I think if it's not something where your friends can help back you it's yeah I agree with that and I also kind of think that um keeping in mind that you saying I, I'll have time later I'll do it tomorrow 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 can last forever like we we only ever have tomorrow um yeah and yet the only thing we really yeah. have is right now so unfortunately I think it takes a lot of planning um like if you're going to do it tomorrow and you're going to keep saying you're doing it tomorrow then actually put a plan into action um 
and be like, okay, well. Yeah. Or just do it. Yeah, just totally. fuck it and do like, it. Put, put it down in like, your calendar, put it down in a schedule, or just drop everything you're doing and actually start doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And and just remember, you don't lose anything by giving something Yeah, no, that's the other as thing. Well. Absolutely. Give it a crack and then crack it again and again and again until you actually feel like, oh, okay, there's <laughs> an egg that I can fry here. You know, like, you're probably not yeah. going to fry your first egg perfectly and you shouldn't expect yourself to. Um, so, yeah, don't put pressure on yourself to get it perfect. Like, it's never going to be. And if that's what you're striving for, then you're never going to achieve it and you're going to be endlessly, I don't know, unsatisfied and insatiable. And and do it. This comes up in that podcast episode that we um, – season one, episode eight. But um, do it for the, the sake of doing it and for the process of doing it, not mm. just for the final product. Yes, yes. I think, yeah. Because then it just becomes – it's just this endless pursuit of, the like, getting the fruit and you've kind of got to fall in love with the – I don't know – the growing of the plant, <laughs> the the journey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Completely. Cool. Well, they were really good questions. Cool. Yeah, thanks for the Our questions, guys. Really us. fun. <laughs> Look at us, real oh podcast. I love how now we think we've made it. What happens now? See? What are uh, Instagram lives? Okay, they're up next. Okay. Well, We'll see you guys in the next episode, but thank you for joining us and we hope you are all taking care of yourselves. Yeah, see you guys soon.